Welcome to Topic Top Hat. I'm Rachel, your local craft smuggler with no filter. And I'm Brendan, bottomless fountain of useless information and professional toddler wrangler. And I am Amber, your local crazy cat lady and professional sass master. And no, I will not roast you. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome back. We today are talking about Victorian slang and phrases. We kind of picked out our top 10 favorites and we'll kind of go over them with you guys. Um, we did double check ahead of time. We don't have any cross slang that would happen to be of the same um, context. So you'll, you're going to see a wide variety of slang today from the Victorian era. Now, this isn't just solely based off of London or Britain, Great Britain in, in general. It is actually based off of London, Great Britain, France, Austria, Australia is thrown in there. Ireland, Ireland, Scottish. Scotland. Essentially some slang. American. It's there essentially yeah. all slang from the Victorian era from anywhere in the world. Yeah, there there are plenty of different places and it's it was fun to discover different ones too. Now we picked out our favorite. We went through a couple online sites. We also used a book called The Victorian Dictionary of Slang and Phrases by R. Redding Ware. We would recommend that. It is not sponsored, but if you are looking for a good slang book from the Victorian era, if you guys happen to be doing, uh, what is that called? Um, like reenactment type Reenactments. Things? It might be a good thing to look up because then you could have some slang from the era. It also specifies lower London, upper London, uh, high society, and things like that. That's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited for this one. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. We Between the three of us, we none of us picked the same thing. So there's 30 different things here, and I'm excited to learn. Some of them are just kind of straight to the point. Some of them are whimsical or silly. Some of them are just kind of out there. There's a little bit of everything here. We're not going to go in order. We're kind of going to go by theme. I think that might be the best way to do that, so that we kind of cover everything in the same theme category. Sounds like a plan, I suppose. That's fair. That'll be... Yeah, I don't think I wrote them in any order, so that'll be fun. <laughs> I just kind of, as I found them, and I'm like, I like this one, I just kind of jotted them down. Yeah. So that I'll just have to reference. Um, it'll be fun. I kind of want to start with those uh, kind of awkward nuances of fighting. Do you guys have any of those? I do not have a single one that has to do with anything like that. Not like gunfight or anything like that? No. I might. Let's see here. I've got a Mine are just things that were commonly said. Mine don't necessarily reference anything in particular. They're just things that were commonly said back then. Mm -hmm. That I'm amused yep. me. That's fair. I've got a couple that have to do with fighting. And then a couple that might... might extend into fighting but that's a different we'll, we'll get to those ones in a minute i have two though at least i have fighting do you have any i do i have one okay so do you want to go first and then i'll yeah after? so i i found a phrase called copper uh clawing and copper clawing means a fight between women and it was referenced to be lower east side london was where it was coming from in the 1800s ah uh, cockney that's <laughs> 
I mean, to be fair, it, it does... to 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 this day, like there's talk about clawing each other's eyes out, like catfight type thing. So I, I can see that. That's pretty it cool. Definitely fits. Yeah. I uh, I really liked it. It, it. it just reminded me of the women that fight over Richmond. <laughs> I don't know why. It just it did. That's funny. I've I've got two different ones. I've got um, I have one. It's called Grass Before Breakfast. Like, if I call someone out to grass before breakfast, I am calling them out in an old-fashioned way to duel. So, rather than slapping someone with the glove, you could call them and say, I expect you at grass before breakfast. And name and a that place, would be, yeah. You would name a place, and they would show up for either a pistol duel or show up with a rapier. Yes, and this is this was superlatively fantastic. This is an Irish-based uh, slang phrase. That, that's a very interesting. Why one, does that make sense? I I saw that. I'm like, this sounds something that's really fun, and then I saw that it was Irish-based, and I'm like, yeah, I could see that. I Your husband see might say that. I'd say that Jake, Jake is more Scottish than anything. I'm the one who has the Irish ancestry that's pretty far back. I'm sorry. Your husband would call someone a posh mompet and hit him with his kilt. Yeah, he would. He That I could see Jake doing. He would. I mean, it's not like Charlie who used to uh, put squeak <laughs> toys in his foran. Ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days. Uh, I have Find something that's pretty derogatory from London. It's called the Italian Quarrel. <laughs> and it is, it's referencing death, poison, treachery, and uh, remorselessness, oh, which I think is pretty dark. But as a fan of Black Butler, I noticed that they, they did not paint the Italian mob in much <laughs> of a good light. <laughs> so hearing of this phrase and what it means and what it is coming from a sicilian family myself oh, i man. can attest that this is accurate to this day <laughs> oh boy oh geez i i've got one more that it's not really well i mean it's a phrase for a fight i suppose oh so it's a scottish based uh phrase and it was said in the mid-1800s or so, and it was originally used to describe dogfights, uh, specifically collies. But then Queen Victoria actually began to say this phrase, and she was referring to um, different spats or arguments between some court members and such. Oh, so, man. So the phrase is called collie shangles. Huh. And it, yes, it means like quarrels or arguments. And it, like I said, it was originally used kind of like dogfights, but I thought it was really interesting that a lower, lower class used phrase to describe dogfights was ended up being, being popularized by Queen Victoria herself. That was, that was pretty cool. So in, in the kind of idea of anger and emotion, I do, I do have get the spike, which was used in like 1895 Lower London. And it was, uh, to lose one's temper. Okay. Get the smile. <laughs> the other one I have that is kind of more parental-based is banned with the slipper, which apparently means to get <laughs> spanked. La Chancla feared since 1895. <laughs> 1880. 1880. Even better. La oh Chancla feared by children since the 1880s. That's... 
That's wonderful and slightly scary at the same time. This is beautiful. This is art. Um, uh, in a different sense of fighting, in America, uh, in the 1800s, they used to say, keep the drivel out of one's clothes, which means to fight against poverty. I mean... Wow. Then, I apparently did a lot of emotion base. Leave them to fry in their own fat. Wow. <laughs> it means to, to give them enough rope to hang themselves with. So that's... It's kind of like a... a Let them do what they're gonna do. They'll get caught. They'll reap what they sow. Well, I like that the meaning for it nowadays is also like a slang term. Give them enough rope to hang themselves. So... Like, I like the transition to the fact that it's a new slang term now. Like, that's funny. See, in that regard, the one that I found that was actually my favorite one is a slang term for something that has today in and of itself become slang for something else entirely. What is it? The term I found was, and I quote, bitch the pot. Bitch the pot back then meant to literally pour the tea. If you were having a tea time, if you were having your breakfast, lunch, what have you, if you told someone to bitch the pot, you were telling them to pick up the kettle and actually pour the tea. Hmm. I, I can take a wild guess as to what current slang that might mean. Spill the tea, Hanny. Yeah. <laughs> Juicy stories. That's cool. So, actually, I have found this one actually quite a long time ago. Like, I found this several months ago, and I just randomly started saying it as a reference to spilling the tea nowadays. So instead of looking at someone when they say they have gossip, instead of saying spill the tea, now I just look at them, I'm like, all right, hon, bitch the pot. Um, <laughs> that's a reference to something that's more modern. I have uh, Bannerbury. Bannerbury was, was a way to refer to a loose woman in uh, 1894 in London, except it was more also a term, and we can equate it to, if you've ever seen the trend where... A girl sits on a counter and goes, I'm a snack. It's it's the same derivative. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I suppose if we're going to be going with something that might have uh, more common meetings now, too, the phrase got in the morbs. Got the morbs got to me because, well, got the morbs literally means, like, having a small bout of melancholy or what mm -hmm. we would nowadays call, like, having the blues. I. So that's very similar Depression. to Yep. Um, and going back to your um, loose morals one, I found another term for something similar. Circa the like, early 1800s, like 1820, 1830, referring to a woman as a dolly mop was calling them a whore or a prostitute. <laughs> Concubines. But Lovely. not as classy. Lovely. Nope. Thou art a dolly mop was basically saying, hey, slut. I do have a weird one. What is it? Get the sads. It was apparently a vulgar antonym for having the vapors. Wow. All right. What are the vapors? Because I, I, I don't know that term. And you're from the South, Brendan. Can you tell us? 
I left Kentucky when I was seven. <laughs> like, I know a couple of things here and there. I call everyone Han, Shug, and Love, and I can't pronounce catfish to save my damn life. Wait, can you say that again? No. <laughs> I'm going to edit out all of the sound on this track, just so we can hear it clearly. That would be... Mm-hmm. Was that a bless your heart moment? <laughs> I'll let you decide that for yourself, sweetie. Oh, oh, also in the South. Calling someone sweetie? Yeah, no, they're definitely not your friend. You hate their guts. Yeah. <laughs> so bless your heart has 20 different meanings in itself. Yeah. Um, Basically, he just kind of told me to screw off. <laughs> you know I love you, though. Uh-huh. All right, Brendan, your turn. Well... Let's see, where to begin? Well, I did find an interesting term. It kind of stuck out to me because it's just such an odd phrase in and of itself. But it has a really interesting origin as well. I came across the phrase, don't sell me a dog. Like a hot dog? A dog, like bark, bark, yip, yip. I know what that one is. Okay. I've heard of that one. It's it's an interesting one because that, that still happens nowadays. Go ahead and... So, back then, people started saying, don't tell me a dog, or don't sell me a dog, as a roundabout way to say, don't lie to me. This stemmed from, in the early 1800s, there was apparently a large problem with people trying to sell dogs to people, claiming them to be purebred this, that, or the other thing. They were mutts? Nine times out of ten, they were mutts that they had found at the local pound, or other such things. Hmm. So they dressed them up nice, cleaned them up, groomed them, and then brought them out to people trying to pass them off as purebreds of this, that, or the other kind. Secondhand dog. <laughs> so there were actually quite a few people that got bamboozled into buying a run-of-the-mill mutt thinking it was some purebred dog that could be trained for shows. So later, the term, don't sell me a dog, came to mean, don't lie to my face. That's pretty awesome. I just, I came across the phrase itself, I'm like, what the hell could this possibly mean? This is an odd one. And I actually really liked the origin of that one. It's rather unique. Well, and nowadays people are still, like, on, never get your animals off of, like, Craigslist or anything. Yep. I, I, adopt, please. Adopt before anything else. But... That happens nowadays quite often, like, hey, I've got these purebred puppies for $650 each, and then you go and see them, and they're not. So that still happens nowadays, which is why I kind of knew the <laughs> phrase. It was, it's really interesting. I have uh, an artisan-specific term used in Victorian era. Go for it. Mm. Cheek ache. What? Cheek, cheek ache. Cheek As ache. in an ache in your cheek. Okay. And it was a term that was used for blushing or turning red in the face rather for the meanness of another so so kind of uh embarrassment would be yeah probably not like not like a happy blush like no. when, when you're in a good mood but like like that angered flush yeah. that you get once uncle somebody's... vernon circa harry potter 
Co- constantly red in the face. Okay. It's I mean, no, he wasn't red. He was purple. There's a difference. Well, that's because he bypassed red and went straight to plum. <laughs> Thought he was going to burst a blood vessel in the filming of the first one. Poor man. Um, one I found that has to do with um, facial expressions and such is you could go around and call someone a giggle mug. <laughs> Point and case, Miss Rachel. A giggle mug is used to refer to someone who is always smiling or always happy. Now I have the sad sometimes. Come on now. <laughs> so every once in a while she's got the morbs. <laughs> <sighs> well, I've been hornswoggled. Uh, well, at least she's not up the pole. Oh. That That is my next one. Up the pole. Which means utterly inebriated. Or just flat out drunk. I've got one for that. Hmm? Where's that from? Um, it's from the late 1800s, like 1890 or so. And it was, it was a, more of a lower bred and common form of the slang. It was actually in that uh, lovely book, I think it was referenced in a court case. And somebody had to explain to the highborn judge what the term actually meant. I have a I have another well, lowborn reference to drinking. Really, well, uh, actually, as do I. But um, I, I like up the pole though because it literally refers to somebody who has to hold on to things because they're so drunk they can't stay upright by themselves. Man, all I think about is strippers. <laughs> <laughs> wow, leave the dolly mops out of this. Oh man. But no, um, I have a very lowbrow one from actually around the same time. But this one comes from the Cockney region. Uh-oh. The same meaning, like, to the letter of what you had just stated. But in Cockney, they would say, full up to the knockers. <laughs> uh, that's not very hard for Amber. That's not fair. Just because I'm half tits doesn't mean you get to say that. <laughs> we can think it as loud as we want, though, love. Um, the one that I have is Lower London from the 1800s, and it is chapper to drink. To drink? So, so if, like, you, you chapper in order to get full up to the knockers. Yes. Or up the pool. Okay. Por que no los dos? Why not both? <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> hey, I've got a sober up thing. Well, nowadays we eat greasy breakfast after for hangovers. Well, what about a bag of mystery? Oh no, what is that? Oh no. It's, this sounds bad. I'm having flashbacks to third like grade hot lunch. It, well, it, <laughs> it could have been. You never know. So, bags of mystery actually retur- is, is a term that was used for sausages. Because yep, definitely having flashbacks to third grade hot lunch. <laughs> Before the meat inspection time period, like like 1800s, no one knew what was inside of them, so they called them bag of mystery. It was a satirical term for them, and just because the only people who knew what went inside are the people who actually made the sausages. And the reason that it was called bag is because sausages were originally uh, made in intestinal, intestinal linings. My huh. my wording is not great today. So the so the bag itself, <laughs> quote unquote, was actually the gut which held the chopped meat inside of it. Hmm. So mm, didn't what? they also use Still like lamb grease? intestine for like condoms and things like that? Oh, that 
That's another story, darling. <laughs> That's another story That's... entirely. This is a reference of safety. Bag of mysteries. <laughs> Bag of Magically mysteries. delicious. Bag of mystery. I just thought that was On disgusting. the same line of meats, I have a term from the Victorian era that was called eating strange meat. Uh-oh. Oh, I know this one. Okay. A, I know this one. It was one. a delicate evasion to cannibalism. It was basically, <laughs> it was oh, no. basically they Your referenced cannibalism. Your face was priceless, Oh, dear. no. What happens when you eat a human? You're a cannibal. <laughs> Maybe that was in the bags of mystery. Who knows? Oh, no. Soylent green I mean... is people. I repeat, Soylent <laughs> green is people. Wait, wait, wait. Would you like a pie? It's priest. A little bit of priest. Swing your razor wide, Sweeney. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. this made a dark Sweeney Todd reference. Then there we, you go. There's our nerd coming out. We just took a dark turn. <laughs> Let's go back to the other slide. Yeah, just I have, a I have normal some, Tuesday. I have some dark terms. Hold on. Uh-oh. Dance upon nothing. Ooh. It was a, a fancy term for hanging somebody. That's fair because if your feet are in the air, you're you're on nothing. That's that's an interesting one. Oh, that's a terrible one though because if your body's moving, it means your neck didn't snap right away. Oh, Yay, suffering. Why wouldn't she know? I knew that. Why didn't you know that? Uh, I don't make it a habit to pay attention. I like pirates. Say, tell that to that's Henry the Fifth. Fifth? Wasn't it the fifth? Who are you referencing? The I mean, king that hung all his wives. I mean, Henry VIII killed many of his wives, but... There you go. They, they were, it wasn't all by hanging. Many of them were beheaded as well. Or locked in a tower and starved. Aye, there were many ways. But that was neither I Victorian nor... Henry VIII, nor... I, am, I am. It's a dark, dark history for <laughs> the Wow. Well then. A basket of oranges. It was a reference... From Australian that passed over to England for a pretty woman. Oh, nice. Well, that's actually kind of cute. That is. You know, if you like being called produce. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather be called well, a basket. Well, aren't you a basket of oranges? Oh, I thank you. In fact, I am a dime a dozen and rather affordable. <laughs> oh, I was thinking it was similar to, like, nowadays. Like, she's such a peach. But sure. Brendan. Sure, Brendan. Oh, oh, no, no, no. In the Victorian era. From the South, calling someone a peach. Bad juju. <laughs> I wouldn't know. No, no, no. I was raised well, in the Victorian era. Well, aren't you such a peach? Get in the Victorian era, Brendan, oranges were severely considered higher class products because they were so expensive. They also prevent the scurvy. I'll say that to the sailors. I went crazy. Um, they didn't have oranges. <laughs> They had wine and rum and no teeth. That's all, all right. they needed. All right, if, we, if we're going to go with uh, just interesting phrases that mean something completely different, Irish draperies. Now, this is not based out of I- Ireland. This was an English-based one. So what do you guys think that means? Does the carpet match the drapes? Oh, God. No. I thought it was like pantaloons or some under thing. Yeah, no, that was... It was One uh, of, like, the seven layers you were required to wear back then? 
God. At, hey, at have that, mercy on Heatstroke. At that point in time, it was only four layers, thank you. But we'll talk about that another the time, The petticoat too. counted as its own layer. Well, well, I guess we'll get four into layers. Uh, we'll, fashion here soon. We'll do stays and petticoats and all that stuff later. We, That's fun. Um, Irish draperies actually refers to cobwebs, which... <laughs> Which might give you a small uh, inside look as to how the English viewed the Irish, that they would call cobwebs Irish draperies. I mean, they couldn't help it that England robbed them blind. I'm sorry. I think I broke Brendan. I can't fucking Five minutes. Five minutes of laughing. Here we go. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you crying? Oh, I couldn't breathe for a minute there. Oh, man. I didn't mean to, like, almost kill you. That's... I have... Uh, many have tried. All have failed. You're just one more on the list. Ooh, Shakespeare. Hello. Ooh. To eat the leek. It was telling somebody to apologize. So that's huh. kind of like... To, like, suck it up and... Swallow your pride. Yes. Swallow a bitter pill type thing. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I actually kind of like that one. I like that one better than swallow than than a bitter pillow swallow. That's like the I kind of like it better than like swallow that. your pride too. Pharmaceutical companies totally came up with the bitter pill to swallow. I'm just saying. Well, that's because like all their that. pills are bitter. I would know. I was hopped up on enough of them when I was a kid. Yay! Moving on. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, circa the eight. 1830s. Calling someone a floozer. A what? <laughs> a floozer. Take your guesses, ladybugs and jelly beans. What is a floozer? Because it's not it's what it sounds like. Ladybugs and jelly beans? I like that. I don't know. I You said floozer and my thought went floozy, so I don't know. That is incorrect. That's okay. You have a chance to steal. A drunk? No. But being drunk could cause this. Calling someone a floozer meant you were pointing out to them just how fucking clumsy they were. Oh, so that would be your a official was title. A... I mean, yes. <laughs> a klutz, what we call a klutz today was a floozer circa the 1830s and 40s. Amber's pointing at herself. I feel so called out. <laughs> You're not clumsy. You just like to enthusiastically give the floor hugs. Spontaneously. Definitely You're very affectionate. Yeah. The floor and I are best buddies. And the air that helps me get there, because that's what I trip over, definitely. <laughs> that's oh. just the ghost wanting you to meet his friend, the floor. Yeah. Yep. I thought you were going to stop at friend. I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's cheerful. <laughs> not that morbid. I'm not saying the ghost wants her dead. <laughs> so... Another one I ended up finding, I actually kind of, I kind of like this one because it just sounds odd. And the saying is, not up to dick. What? Yeah, not up to dick was... nothing. No, actually, it means not doing well. So like, the other week when I was just dead tired and just didn't want to leave bed and my head was hurting and I had that nosebleed you like knocked on my door I told you I'm not feeling too good I could have just simply said I'm not up to dick and it would have been the exact same thing as I feel sick except for you it would have a different meaning at the same time (laughs) 
That is neither here nor there, huh? <laughs> and another it. one I found that kind of is on the similar phrasing to that, but means something else entirely, came about in the mid-Victorian era, died off, and then was brought back in the 1930s. Okay, what was it? Solid dick. Solid dick? Solid. So like an athlete? No. Say, Amber, if you came over to me and you just needed someone to vent to and you needed some advice, I could just sit there and say, well, Amber, it sounds like you need some solid dick. And at that time period, that phrase meant it sounds like you could use some friendly advice, some straight talk. It's better than where my thought went, because uh, at that Solid time period... dick literally in both the mid-Victorian yeah. era and the 1930s meant some straight talk or some friendly advice. Someone pointing you in the right direction. See, Amber's mind went straight into the gutter. So I mean, I'm mine sure... did too when I found that I'm one. Sure. I just kind of looked at it and I'm like, huh. Listen to Not this at one. all what you thought it would be. Double-breasted water butt smasher. <laughs> what? Repeat that. Double-breasted water butt smasher. What the hell is that? A man of fine bust, an athlete. Okay. With street language. Um. What? Can you repeat the slang phrase again? <laughs> Double-breasted water butt smasher. Moving on. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> My um... head hurts. My head hurts. I what okay, okay. I've got I've got a fun one. If I say that someone is an incident, what do you think about that? My entire life. <laughs> oh, that was really sad. <laughs> like I'll be honest, I was an incident. That's another episode, though. Stay tuned, boys and girls. Oh, I think that that actually, if you do do know what it means, that's it will be another one. That's, oh no! Oh god! No! What does this mean? It might, because an incident refers to uh, well, not really, Rachel, as far as I know, and I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yes, it, it refers to an illegitimate child, or an oops child, or an accident. Which is... No, my parents were married, but... Mine weren't, so I'm definitely an incident. But I mean, know, my parents to this day have never gotten married. Well... So, technically, I am both illegitimate and an accident. But isn't your sister technically illegitimate, too, because they were never married? Yes, but at the same time, she was planned. I was not... But, again, this is for another episode. <laughs> we do have, one of the topics in the hat was our oops stories, because, yeah, Just we're, we're those people. So All of the oops that has happened because of us, to us, or around us. The special us. guest that was supposed yeah. to come today was unable to make it due to being at her sister-in-law's. However, she will be joining us for the oops stories that will occur next Tuesday. Just in case you guys didn't realize, we do pull about three topics or four topics ahead of time just so we do have like a day or so of getting our stories together because sometimes I forget details and I like to call my mom and go, hey mom, remember this? And she was like- Oh, her mother yeah, is glad to tell her too. Oh my gosh, my mom My mom would just hilarious. laugh at me and regale my friends with the story while I'm in the room. 
My mom which is why I didn't fact drunk. check until everyone was gone. <laughs> That's fair. So yes, an incident referred to a uh, illegitimate child or a bastard or yeah, and it was or a happy little accident, as our was Bob Ross would say. It was typically used derogatorily to other Except people. Except our parents aren't drawing a tree. I don't know. My dad fancies himself a painter. I say he's an amateur. We got off topic. Let's let's continue with our topic. Uh, par for the course. I still have a few more. Ditto. Yeah, do you want me to go next, or do you want to go? Um, I found one that I just thought the word sounded fun, so I wanted to know what it meant. Okay. Hornswoggled. What? Hornswoggled is a term that meant cheated. Okay. So, oh, so like in a like, game. Or in general, like, nowadays someone might say, I've been conned, or I've been bamboozled. Back then it was hornswoggled. Or like swindled, or... Yes. Okay. Okay. Hornswoggled is synonymous with bamboozled, swindled, cheated, conned. Okay. Taken for a fool. Okay. That's interesting. It's just a fun word to say, and I think I'm actually going to start using it in everyday language just like i've adopted bitch the pot drapery miss a girl of doubtful character who dresses in a striking manner a girl of what doubtful character oh i think it's the same as your your molly dolly 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 mop yeah well that seems like the type of person to strike us up a gum tree Strike us up a gum tree means to uh, bring to grief. So that that's the kind of person who seems like they might uh, bring some grief into a, someone's personal life or family life. <laughs> All the diseases. Yay. STD Central. Yeah. Sharing is caring. No, don't, oh, God. don't share boys and girls. <laughs> Abort mission. Wow. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> oh, oh boy this today is a fun day so uh, i found one there are a couple of slang terms that were used to refer to one's mouth kind of like today we'll tell someone to shut their pie hole yes yeah well back then you could either you could call someone's mouth a sauce box and when telling them to shut the fuck up you told them, lock your damn sauce box. Lock your sauce box meant shut the fuck up. That's... Like, not shut up, shut the fuck up. Like, it was... So it was like a pretty harsh It was phrase. a superlative phrase. It wasn't like, oh, It wasn't like, manners. hey, it hush. Was, no, do it now. Shut it wasn't, up. hey, okay. hush. It wasn't, no, stop talking. It was, shut the fuck up, Steve. Oh, wow. So if you'd say that to a hairpin... What? <laughs> um, I generally don't make a habit of talking to inanimate objects. My this shrink says that's inanimate. bad. A hairpin was an American uh, socialite term for a simpleton. Oh. Ah, pinhead. Yes. Okay, so that's probably where pinhead came from. From the term From hairpin. hairpin. It's so much fun to see how the some correlation. common slang like, has developed from previous slang. It's, it's a very fun journey from one piece of slang to another one or to different terms that are used nowadays that is a lot of fun to see 
And I do have another word that is somewhat used nowadays, and it's still a somewhat derogatory term, but I do think that it was interesting that it was from the early 19th century, and it was used in Low London, and the term is Nancy. And the the word is pretty much the same nowadays, too, because I've, I've heard people call somebody a Nancy, and they're kind of referring to an effeminate and, uh, effeminate and also sometimes, um, somebody who is more effeminate, and today it's kind of derogatorily used to somebody who's not as, like, outgoing or as, uh, maybe strong personality as other people, too. Okay. And, and this was used typically in Low London, but it was also used in the United States in the early 19th century as well. So. So, this term that I found is an old Victorian insult. And it actually started in Low London in, once again, Cockney. I love Low London terms. They're just... They're but it crazy. started there crazy. and worked its way all the way up into high society and socialites. Just like college angles. All right. So it was used all across the board in Victorian eras. Okay. Or in the Victorian era. One of the worst insults you could give a man at the time was to call him a flop doodle. And that was essentially to call him impotent. Oh. oh. To look a man in the eye in that era and call him a flop doodle was essentially the same thing as slapping him across the face. Um that's interesting. I as a baby, my grandmother worked at a clothing factory called Flap Doodle. <laughs> And they put their name on everything, so I've got, like, four or five months worth of baby pictures that has this name, Flapdoodle, right across. So that's, it's interesting that it's a name so similar to Just one to letter slang. variant. But I like it that it's kind of almost a play on that, because Flapdoodles was basically children in baby clothing. And if you're a Flapdoodle... You You're probably not make children having kids. And babies. That's that's a fun uh, fun little irony there. Okay. I kind of love it. The irony is delicious. It is. I think we have one more piece of slang for today. I think I have the last one. Is that correct? I, I mean, so, yes. that was my last one. Okay, I've got another Irish-based uh, Victorian slang. You and in Ireland? Oh my lord! It's one of my more well-known ancestry lines that's i kind of go back to that i'm a little i'm biased okay i'll admit it i'm a bit biased but the the term is pattern and it means delightful or brilliant like if if i see something and or somebody says something very witty i could say well that's pattern and okay that's it's pretty nice but i like the fact that it's an abbreviation of another phrase pattern fair which is a corruption of another phrase which is patron fair which is short for a different phrase which is patron saint link, so link 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 this is yeah. like so patron this saint this is like 20 degrees pattern, to kevin bacon yeah patron saint patron fair to pattern fair to pattern it it just kind of zigzags along it's almost as goofy as some of the cockney rhyming slang I just thought it was kind of interesting that it so, it breaks down so much and that it does mean something completely different when you get to its original base meaning. 
So, what for for you guys, um, Amber, Brendan? What were the favorite terms you heard today that you thought were really interesting? Oh, you're making me think. That's dangerous. Well, using our brains is part of the job. You and I no. share a brain cell, and right now it's out shopping. No, I have it. It's okay. I was going to say, I better not be shopping. I'd be jealous. <laughs> it needs new shoes. <laughs> we always need new shoes. I don't know. I I kind of liked Up the Pole. <laughs> I kind that of one liked, was just yeah. kind of... It's a fun phrase. Like... I don't even really care that it means what it means. Just the phrase, up the pole, and grass before breakfast. I either want to bring that back, or just walk around slapping people with a leather glove and declaring a duel at dawn. Oh, jeez. Oh, no, that's how Alexander Hamilton died. Let's not do that. (laughs) I mean, I like reenactment, but jeez. When I slap someone in the face with my glove and challenge them to a duel, they're going to show up and I'm just going to be holding a prop lightsaber ready to shove it in their nostril. That sounds painful. Tis the point. It hurts more. (laughs) The point? (laughs) Why a spoon, cousin? It's dollar. It'll hurt more. You twit. Oh, boy. Um... Tis precisely my Don't point, worry, love. audience. I feel left out, too. Don't worry. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, man. That reference just passed right over my head. Yeah. Uh, okay. I feel a little sad now, because that's one of my favorite movies. But I like Men in Tights. I just, I just like Alan Rickman as a bad guy. Alan Rickman was just the best bad guy ever. He really was. I, I don't know. I liked a lot of them. I actually, I do like Up the Pole, but I also like the fact that Rachel had drunk ones. I had drunk ones. Didn't you have drunk ones too? Like we I all like, did. I were able to have a conversation. We were. A, oh, pups we were, were really like even like back in the eighteen hundreds. Pups were pretty popular as well as the gentleman club. Women weren't invited. Uh, um, Nowadays, you go to a gentleman's club and it's you go there to watch, watch a woman the spinning women. on a pole. I don't know if they had. I think that's what the brothels were for. But like, I know that. The gentleman clubs back then used to be academia based. It's and I kind fun. Of it's that kind idea. of interesting to see how it has devolved see, now, since then. Back then, a gentleman devolved. See well, now, it has. Now it's, I just want to go to an academic based titty bar. Now, now I just think? want. No, but it should be. I think we came up with our next idea. Yes. We're going to bankroll this. Heck yeah! We'll help the girls go to college, and that could be their uh. We can name it Archimedes. Oh, God. <laughs> yes! All right. Oh, wow. B- b- bad ideas aside. <laughs> this is the best idea. I don't know what yeah, you're talking on. about. Come on. It's why either, men are threatened by smart women. It's either the best uh, or the worst. That's why it's funny. There you go. We could go to a topless bar, or we could create a topless bar, but where all the women who are working there are going for, like, PhDs and stuff. So you really are going for, like, education support. How about that? I did hear about a chateau the other day uh, that was all kitten-based, and I thought that was fairly interesting. Kitten? It's kitten play, lesbian kitten play. Oh, that kind of kitten. I did <laughs> not know that that was a thing. See, my thought was kitty, and then I was like, oh, never mind. Wrong kitty, <laughs> this, sweetie. This turned really PG. Although this PG one does for, purr, PG too. 18. Meow. Um, that's a good idea. I'm going to write that down. Oh, we, we should. We should have it after hours just for... 
or after after cut after cut i like that have after cut second uh, let's really quickly put our our thoughts in here because I think my favorite was, uh, I, I really, I can't, I can't help but love the... I like the oranges, too. That, that one was, was That fun. was sweet. I liked Banbury. I thought that was clever. I thought that that was kind of fun to see how it's shifted. Yeah. Interesting. So, like, that would be, like, a floozy today. A little bit. I mean, some of the women that are saying their snacks are pretty floozy-ous. <laughs> yes, but You're the term snack in and of itself has nothing to do with flus. I don't know. I, I don't like that word. <laughs> <laughs> I've never used it in that context. I don't like that word. This, I don't know. We're This is just a weird one now. <laughs> we're, we're just getting weird now, guys. I think... I mean... The... <laughs> yeah, I think Calling we should it. probably wrap it up. Calling yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Tune in next time to the topic Top Hat. Thursday, we'll be going over the language of flowers. If you'd love to tell somebody, I love you, or I'm sorry for your loss, or get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Tune in next time to find out the, the fascinating art of the Victorian flower language. Thank you for tuning in to Topic Top Hat during this tea time. Make sure you follow us on our social media pages for more shenanigans. See you guys on Thursday. This is TTH signing off. Bye!